Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of DC Unlimited, the podcast that talks all things DC comics, DC movies, DC TV shows. I am one of your hosts, Anthony Caruso, and joining me as always is the fantastically geeky Chris Evans of Gathering of the Geeks. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. And also joining us, per usual, is one of the best reviewers on Twitter and the Twitter spheres, Phil Walsh of Phil at the Movies. How are you, Phil? I'm doing all right. Happy to be here. I'm happy to be back. I was jealous I missed the last episode after hearing that. Yes, well, Eric. welcome back. Good to have you here, as always. Thank you. Souvenirs from the Multiverse. Uh, yes. I brought... <laughs> a whole i brought the 10-year collection of the snyderverse actually worked for audiences and was a marvel-like success oh well (laughs) see i was i was hoping you might bring back like you know you know something from like you know michelle pfeiffer's you know catwoman or right i want like like an umbrella from dan devito's penguin (laughs) yeah or you know oh well laughing bag from from uh you know jack nicholson but i mean that that works too I, I will, that works too. I won't say, you know. Yeah, I get the Batfleck movie in that, I think. So I'm happy. I, no, I, I, I exactly. But, it was but, 10 but years was, of. But was Jared Leto the Joker? That's what I have to do. I would hope so. It, it was 10 years of uh, successful DC movies and no drama. It was quite a nice trip into the multiverse. Well, what a world. What a world. Well, Oof. yeah. It's almost it's, incomprehensible in our world. Yes, uh, we have definitely been uh, riding a different timeline. That's for sure. Uh, well, I mean, we might as well just we might as well just dive right into it since there is a some news to uh, to comment on. Uh, again, things are still kind of quiet, I would say, given uh, the uh, still ongoing actor strike and uh, whatnot. But uh, we did get some. Uh, some inklings that I think we probably all could have guessed were uh, down the road at this point or were going to happen, but it does, it is official that we are getting a full recasting of the justice league. And this was, I believe in a variety article, correct gentlemen. Right. Uh, Hollywood reporter. Actually. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so again, not really a surprise, I think given the direction of, of the new universe you know, we're getting a new Superman. It, it to me, I will just say it, it makes sense. You, you kind of have to pull the Band-Aid off. You can't piecemeal it together. Even if you know people have an affinity for an actor or or actors, I think for the sake of continuity, for the sake of starting this universe off with a clean slate, you you just gotta you gotta start from scratch, so to speak. And so I. I think this is a a wise decision. I agree with all of that. And I I think really there was only two actors we weren't sure about, which were Mm. Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa. Right. We knew we'd be getting a new Superman, new Batman, new Flash. Just those two were lingering on, especially because of Gal's comments. Mm. Um, But like you said, I I think the total reboot is what we need. And I'm happy that we're, we're getting that. Yeah, to me, I, this just was common sense confirmed for me. I never bought any of the reports that Gal Gadot or any of them were coming back. It would have been weird to see David Corn with Superman interacting with Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman or uh, Jason Momoa's Aquaman. Um, and I'm very happy with it. Like it or not, like the Snyderverse or not, and despite my jokes, I did like the Snyderverse and all those movies or most of those movies. 
they were the face of a universe. They were the faces of a universe that just did not resonate with general audiences or critics. And to carry any of them, any of them over into the new universe, would have done the new DCU a disservice right off the bat. Um, now I know there's been some bitterness on Twitter and social media, surprise, surprise, yes. about s- certain people like Viola Davis and John Cena carrying over as well. And what I'll say about that is they were minor characters in that universe at best, side characters in the original DCU at best. And when general audiences and critics think of the DCEU, they are thinking of Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot. They are not thinking of John Cena and Viola Davis, who I'm glad are moving over. And I know there's some bitterness like, oh, it's just nepotism. James Gunn is just bringing his friends over. And to that, I just have to say, get over it. I'm sorry, guys, but Tim Burton uses the same, his friends in every movie. Chris Nolan uses his friends in every movie. Martin Scorsese uses his friends in every movie. Every single director out there does it. James Gunn is no different. And if he likes working with these guys and feels it brings out better writing for him and better performances in them, I say go at it. But yeah, I'm I'm fine with the news. I'm fine with the people carrying over. The only one who is still not confirmed I was going is to Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. She hasn't been confirmed either way. And I think she would be the only one in my mind at this point who is too big. Like, in my perfect world, she wouldn't continue on because she's just too big. Harley Quinn is too big a part, too big a face of that original universe. And that is where I can see the arguments why get rid of all of the Justice League if you're carrying on Harley Quinn. But uh, I think she needs to be recast. Whether or not WB does after the success of Barbie, I don't know. But I'll be curious to see whether Margot survives in the role. What do you guys think about that? You've come around to my side of the table now. (laughs) (laughs) And and yes, for the record, I loved her in the role. She is to Harley Quinn what... She is Harley Quinn, so. No, I mean, that that's three for three. I mean, again, if, if you're going to rip the Band-Aid off, that means a clean slate. And again, I'm sorry, but but she is would be too connected to that past universe. And, you know, Barbie notwithstanding and its success, like, I, I think you got to start, you got to start over because you don't want to bring any of the, you know, part of the expression baggage from that past universe over into the new universe, regardless of how, you know, people may feel about a certain character or or performance. You got to start, you got to start fresh, might be painful, might be unpleasant, but at the end of the day, these characters are largely, I mean, they're bigger than the individual actor. I mean, again, we've had how many people play Batman now? I mean, it, there's the characters are everlasting and they're subject to reinterpretation and, and new people putting on the uh, metaphorical mask, so to speak, or makeup. Bingo. I would still get rid of Viola Davis and John Cena, though. And I love Viola Davis and I like Peacemaker a lot. But I, I, I really think we should just get rid of everybody. <laughs> Chris, I am with you on that. I think if, if, if everybody's going, that means. 
everybody's everybody. going. Exactly. Everybody yeah. means everybody. I, I, I yeah, go, go ahead. But like I said, everybody uses their friends. Yes. Yeah. He did use his friends in some of the films already, some of the shows. Yeah. I, I think part of this is we need to move into new territory. And if you think about it, yes, they are minor characters, but Economos and Harcourt, who I would hate to, to lose Harcourt, to be honest, but she was in a lot of stuff. So was Economos in the last year. Mm. You know, I, I think they were in each of the films that were released this year, if I'm not mistaken, except Blue Beetle. But they were in Black Adam. They were in Shazam. Were they in The Flash? No. No, no okay, Flash. I'm, I'm imagining no. that then. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> but I, I think they're recognizable, though, especially if you watch Peacemaker, you know Viola Davis, Harcourt, Economos, and of course, Peacemaker. So to me, these are still, you're bringing that baggage over. Now, I know there's no discussing this with James Gunn, of course. He's doing what he wants, and we just have to see how it works on. That's fine. Yeah. I'm excited still. But just, I, I do feel like we should have just got rid of it. A clean slate is a clean slate. I understand 100% your point of view. But Harker and Economos were so minor in all those roles, except for Peacemaker. Mm -hmm. Like, they probably had, what, a total 15-minute screen time? Probably not even. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Waller had more. She's probably the most main out of them all. I would say so, yeah. Fair. And Peace... Okay, but here's the thing with Peacemaker... He appeared in the Suicide Squad, which sadly didn't get make the money or get a lot of views, despite being critically acclaimed. And then he was he had his own TV show, but again, how many people actually watch a TV show compared to movies? I think I think they're still clean enough they could carry over. And I'm not disagreeing necessarily with you guys that a clean slate is a clean slate, but I'm also not upset that of all these characters carrying over, it's them. And Blue Beetle, as we know. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Right, that's right. That's right, he's coming back. Yeah, Uncle Rudy! Is he, though? Because he said Justice League did three casts. Well, he was never in the Justice League, yeah. Okay, I guess so. That's true. Okay. Um, Yeah, no, you're onto something with that. You are right. I would just say, and this is kind of, Peacemaker has been everywhere since the Suicide Squad. He's been on talk shows in that costume that John Cena has. Yeah. Like he's appeared as Peacemaker, you know? There's toys, statues. His version of Peacemaker is in Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, he's he's not he's not Batman. No. He's not. <laughs> but he is around. Although I do agree he's still probably minor when you compare it to those guys. Yeah. This isn't, you know, Gal is Wonder Woman again, right? But he is, I think, more known than we we assume. Oh no, I think you're, I think you're, you're onto something. I would honestly also be surprised if, in the future, if there is a place for them in the DC DCU, we don't see other members of the Suicide Squad who lived, mm-hmm. like King Shark, Idris Elba, oh, yeah. Ratcatcher yeah. too. I could go for that too. I'm sure that they there's a way they can make their way back. Hmm. Especially with like a rebooted continuity, they could be a different version, which I think is what like well, John Cena's Peacemaker is going to be. Yeah, correct. Well, we know Vigilante's carrying over as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I um, and he, we don't know how they said Peacemaker season two will address like how it's in how everything's all now. yeah changed up. Which I'm I'm in we and see mode. I like those characters. I'm happy they're carrying over. 
So we'll see. We'll see if it works for general Same. audiences. As always, to be determined. <laughs> and I will also say, just because the Justice League isn't carrying over, does not mean we won't see them in those roles again in the future. Because if the DCU is successful, 10 years down the line, I can see them doing like a crisis-type event and bringing together past Batmans and past Supermans and past Wonder Womans for some big event movie. Mm-hmm. And even if they don't, we know that we are probably going to see at least one of these actors again in a different role. Yes, that is very true. Uh, the uh, the long the long awaited fan casting seems to be coming to fruition. Uh, Jason Momoa, Aquaman, perhaps formerly as Aquaman, is a uh, looks like before the strike was uh, is poised to. Uh, uh, come on board as Lobo, which I mean, that has been that has been in the in the fan cast uh, pipeline for quite some time. You, you, you talk about finding somebody from the comics and just a a perfect direct translation. It doesn't get much better than than Jason Momoa as Lobo. I mean, that that is really pitch perfect. I'm gonna be the Scrooge here. That's okay. No, we like that. <laughs> and say, I always thought. Jeffrey Dean Morgan would have been a great Lobo. Jeffrey Dean Morgan chewing on his cigar, leaning against a motorbike with that Negan smile from The Walking Dead. I think he would have been a fantastic Lobo. He was always my fan cast. But uh, Jason Momoa will be fine. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Cue the hate mail. Direct it at me. Not Phil and Chris. But I never thought Jason Momoa is the best of actors he has charisma he's one of those guys like the rock with a big personality that i think carries them in their movies but i don't think he is the best actor having said that lobo is a very one-dimensional character (laughs) uh he he just goes on his charisma and his surfer boy space broness so it works for momoa i'm a big lobo fan so i'm excited that they're even considering him for the universe, regardless of who's playing him. I like it. <laughs> I hope they give him his space dog. I forget the dog's name, but you got a dog? Yeah, he has that big old bulldog. It really looks like know a bulldog. Lobo. Yeah, a character he... I know very little about. I want to say the most I've seen him was in Man of Tomorrow. Uh, there was a fantastic book. I think it came out last year. Uh, it was called Superman versus Lobo. It's a it's a nice introduction. It, like all you really need to know about Lobo, he's a bounty hunter, and yeah. <laughs> like Superman and like Martian Manhunter, he's the last of his species as well. Wasn't Lobo in one of the recent DC animated movies too? I know he, he was he on that Justice League action TV show on Cartoon Network. No, no, it was one of the movies. I forgot what it was called. Um, it was the one that had like the different eras. Frontier? New Frontier? No, I gotta look it up now. We have to use the internet. <laughs> I know I saw it, I, did, I actually did not like it at all. I mean, he's a jerk. That's part of his character. I, I think Momoa is really well suited for that. He, I mean, It's a perfect about, casting. Yeah, you put the makeup on him and he doesn't even need to do anything. No, I mean... He... And if you've seen the test photos of him as the crow, as Eric Draven... It's the, uh, he looks like Lobo. Yeah, because yeah. the Crow and Eric, well, Eric Draven and Lobo have a similar makeup, sort of. And you could really make the visual, oh, that could be Lobo. So it, I, I'm, I think it'll be good if that's what it is. 
War World. That's what I was thinking of. I'll be curious to see what the first project he appears in, because there are some <laughs> scoopers going to scoop. Some people say he might be appear in, be appearing in Superman Legacy. Some people say it'll mm. be a solo project. I'm good with either of those. Like I said, I'm a fan of the character. Um, he, I'd probably prefer Superman Legacy. He works better as a supporting character, given yeah. his... Uh, crassness and his yeah he's not a likable guy he's likable in his unlikableness i don't know how far that goes in a movie if he's a main character yeah you could pull that off who pulled it off i I, know i think you could especially with jason momoa doing it that's the yeah that's the thing he has enough charisma and and uh you know sort of star power i think that he could Mm -hmm. he could in theory carry a you know two hour and change movie it might not be the best comparison, but I kind of think of Hellboy. Hellboy isn't exactly likable. Oh, that's a, that's actually a good point. That's he's pretty point. gruff, and and you know he's a little rougher on the edges. Lobo's a little more, and I bet they toned this down for the movies. But who knows with James Gunn? I'm sure James Gunn haters would be like, "No, this fits James Gunn perfectly." Uh, Lobo's <laughs> a bit um, more of a childlike in his humor, you know, like a disgusting type, you know. Oh, okay. You know, he's a he's a big fan of like, you know, crass jokes and things like that. Hellboy, I feel, wasn't like that. No, I just mean like no. his attitude and likability. Yeah. Especially the um David Harbour one. Which I really am upset we'll never get a sequel to that because I actually like that movie. I do but... too. I do too. It was a good yeah, that that was a lot that's a that's a letdown. But yeah, I mean Lobo also is just like the perfect uh example of the type of characters James Gunn will bring in and that he is going to take lesser known DC characters to the main public and make them popular. That's the thing. I mean, it's sort of been teased from the get-go with with uh, Superman Legacy that we're going to be getting a different kind of DC movie, which again, I, I think for the fans and, and for, you know, the people that, you know, like us who who live and breathe this stuff, that's a welcome. That that's a real welcome and that's a plus. And it's it opens up the doors to many different story possibilities. I mean, again, who would have ever thought a Lobo movie or, or even Lobo appearing in a in a movie would have been even remotely possible, you know, even five years ago. You know what I mean? It just sort of shows that once you broaden the canvas, you can really, you know, run with it and, and make something interesting. It's funny because he is also fits James Gunn's bill in that like James Gunn really made his career with Guardians of the Galaxy. And this is the type of character who would have fit in so well in that universe. Lobo. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I just hope they don't full on make him a villain. Like in the comics, he's sometimes a villain, sometimes just an anti-hero antagonist. I hope that's the route they go with him, more of a nuisance rather than a full on villain. Maybe like someone who could work with the Justice League begrudgingly, like against a big threat. And I hope that's the way they go with him rather than full on evil main villain of a movie. So we'll see. Hmm. Just make him a pest. Yeah, exactly. He's an intergalactic pest. <laughs> so there's a there is the thoughts on on the casting, and not much in the way of rumors or the rumor mill really. Well, well, actually, no, I take that back. There were some other rumors churning, which I don't know if we want to go to that particular well, but 
well, what the hell? We're we're here anyway, so we might as well take it take a crack at it. There is discussion or or speculation about a villain or or the villain for the Batman Part Two, gentlemen. We might be getting hush in the Batman Part Two, and what say you about this uh, recent Batman villain that uh, seems to get a lot of traction in people's uh discussions uh lately i'm not the biggest fan of hush as a character fine whatever story i like the character of tommy elliott more than i like hush if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Uh, i like the character of someone from bruce wayne's past and childhood whatever but hush himself it's a boring design he's a boring character compared to his other rogues the rest of his rogues gallery and in terms of aesthetic if they go with hush he looks a little too similar to the Riddler in his gimp suit that they did in part one. So it makes sense based on part one that they would go with Hush, based on some of the stuff they set up, but I hope we don't get it. <laughs> I hope it's somebody else. If we get him, though, I trust Matt Reeves. I'm sure it'll be a fine movie. He's just not... Hush wouldn't crack my top ten villains I'd want to see in a live-action Batman. What about you, gentlemen? I like the character Hush, actually. I, I also really like the the book he's introduced in. I think it's a good it's a good read. But, You're talking about the gra- the actual graphic, not the famous graphic novel, right? Yeah, yeah, the the Jeff Loeb hush. Um, I I enjoy him as a character. I think he's he's cool. But I'm with you, Anthony. I think coming off the Riddler, what I think it's just gonna feel like the same thing. It's another murder mystery, which the the greatest detective in the world. Yes, got it. Um, but does he need to investigate another murderer who he's trying to figure out the identity of? <laughs> who has a connection to his past. Right. Do we need that? I don't know. But, it, you know, it really depends on how he's done, too. Because if you want to do, like, the full-on face swaps, that could be cool. Mm. You know? If he's wearing other people's faces as masks, cool. I don't know how dark we're going to get with this. I'm open to the interpretation, but I agree. If I had, like, a, a top five I want to see in this movie... Hush is probably like number 17. Well, it's funny, Chris, you actually bring up the face swaps because I didn't think about that. But when you think about the other villain who's been rumored consistently being Clayface, Mm -hmm. there's some interesting stuff going on there when you consider the similarities between the two. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if there's a way Matt Reeves would either make them partners in crime or combine them into a character. You know, there was a very faint rumor, very faint (laughs) a while ago that they were actually going to combine Harvey and Hush somehow. somehow. Which oh. that, I don't huh. understand how you would. Do you guys remember the cartoon, The Batman? It was lesser known. It was early yeah. 2000s. I love The Batman. They couldn't underrated. use Two-Face. Correct. Yeah, it is underrated. I love that cartoon. They weren't allowed to use Two-Face. Right. So they, so they gave face. Two-Face's like, story, the childhood, the friend of Bruce Wayne to Clayface, and then make Clayface his tragic figure. Which was so good. <laughs> it was. So yeah. so I wonder if they would do that, like Thomas Elliott's a friend of Bruce, and they combine him, they turn him into the Clayface Hush. Like, they combine him into a character in the movie. They kind of go that route with him. I don't know. To me, that's the only way I would like to see Hush because, I mean, again, we'll see what the story is. And even if, you know, this rumor turns out to be, if you're going to go the traditional route with the character, I mean, we've pretty much seen that in the Batman vis-a-vis the Riddler. I mean, right down to 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 the mask on the face and 
my my reservation with it would really be folks uh who had criticisms or issues with the film the first time, you're just going to bring them up tenfold in a sequel saying, okay, well, we're not getting anything new here. Like at least match or even surpass the, the first film, you got to raise the stakes. You got to up the ante, so to speak. And that means going a different route with the villain. So, I mean, again, bring on Clayface or, or bring on some combination of, of, of the two. But if I had my choice, keep hush uh keep hush out of it i i'll say too like the thing that would make it better if hush was in it like for me the thing that makes me less nervous is if even if he's the main villain it's clear matt reeves isn't afraid of using side villains and multiple no. villains as well no. like i feel catwoman will be back penguin will be back joker and riddler are seemingly planning to break out of arkham at some point so we will have the more classic Batman villains on the periphery. I can live with that. I can live with that, I guess. I've wanted for years movies where during Batman's investigations, he's talking to other villains, even if it's right. for five or ten minutes on screen. And that's what the Hush comic book is, right? Batman yeah. going through his villain gallery. Hush yeah. is the greatest hits book. I would also add that with we think we're getting a more public Bruce Wayne, but let's say we don't and Hush decides to wear the face of Bruce Wayne, that could be something fun to play with, too. I, I think, well, I, I think I speak for all of us when I say Hush isn't our first choice. But if it's Hush, we're all cool with it. We'll see what they do. Yes. That, I mean, I, I have no reason not to trust Matt Reeves. Exactly. Matt, he doesn't let us down. No. <laughs> In Matt, we trust. In Matt, we trust. We will, uh, we will worship at that altar. <laughs> Although I don't trust him with his Joker design, but that's a whole other conversation nobody wants to hear. <laughs> I still think they may. We'll say that for the that before we see this. <laughs> need to get one of those then. I know we, we we've been talking about it. we need to need to jump on that bandwagon before it's too late. Just five dollars a month, people. Just five dollars. There's rant about the Joker's. Life. That's it. That's literally always, that's what you're going to get out of it. Rants and you know extended manifesting Thursdays. So be all good. <laughs> It's a good deal. So, yeah, seriously, to go move away from the rumor mill for a minute, to go back to something concrete. Obviously, with the actor strike still ongoing, we're not getting casting news or anything like that. But James Gunn is still hard at work on the DCEU, just mm, the DCU mm-hmm. behind the scenes. <laughs> and uh, him and his set designer seem to have been jetting around the world recently, scouting locations. They were in New York City together recently which i assume they were looking for some metropolis inspiration um they were in norway recently which had me really excited because the set designer posted some beautiful photos of snowy mountaintops with the northern lights in the background and all i could think of was the fortress of solitude and now they're in atlanta where we know superman legacy is going to film so just uh you know as frustrating as it is not getting any news because of these strikes James Gunn is hard at work, and uh, they're in full Superman Legacy pre-production here. And I'm excited, especially by the Norway stuff and a proper Fortress of Solitude. What this, again, tells me, we are going to, maybe I'll get some flack for saying this, but we are going to have the most DC comic accurate world that we've seen on on screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bar none. I mean, again... I know some people may you know, want to come at me with the virtual pitchforks for saying that, but I, I really feel like this is going to be like, pick any comic, pick any animated show. Like it really is going to feel 
like a direct translation. I agree with that. I, I think I, it, with the way Gunn has an attention to detail, mm. I'm pretty sure this will be very comic booky looking. All mm-hmm. Which again distinguishes it from what has come before with what's going on with you know Matt Reeves and the Batman universe. Again, I think that's only going to help set it up for success and again make the distinction that this is different than what has come before and what's currently going on. I actually think this will be the most distinct that we've seen a world since uh eighty nine. Yeah, oh, I yeah. agree. Good point. Um, Good point. Because you, I mean, well, I guess Schumacher's films too, but eighty nine was really distinct. Oh yeah, I, that was a very that was a oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to actually defend Matt Reese here a little bit. I really like his Gotham. His Gotham has personality. I think his Gotham's pretty distinct as well. Oh, I would agree with it. Yeah, it's the most distinct since Burn. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, no. 89s was definitely comic booky, but Reeves Gotham is beautiful. I just wish it felt large, like it feels very small. Mm. I think it's because the volume. I think volume beautiful. Yeah, I think volume. I think COVID mm-hmm. and restrictions probably had a lot to do with it too. But no, I do agree. It does feel a little claustrophobic. It it feels like they're just in Manhattan or something. <laughs> yeah, like they they don't leave Gotham Square. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Kind of like in Returns, there's oh, they always go back to that one area. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the Christmas tree plaza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of Christmas, that's an excellent uh, transition <laughs> here. A year ago, I thought this was supposed to originally release in 2022, and then it mm-hmm. d- didn't come out till it's not coming out till December 8th, 2023. Merry Little Batman. Uh, it's an upcoming Christmas special that's going to premiere on Amazon Prime and Cartoon Network simultaneously. Um, We received our first poster for it, uh, and it's Batman and Damian Wayne dressed as Batman in a snow globe where they're running through snowy Gotham and hovering over the snow globe, looking like the Wicked Witch of the West over her crystal ball is the Joker, just looking down and laughing. Yeah, it's our first poster here, and I love it. I, I'm with you, Anthony. Like, I, I wasn't sure on this initially because I'm like, what, what what the hell is this supposed to be, you know, from those original character designs? But I, I don't know. There's something about this post. I don't know if innocence. Whim- yeah, this, it's, it's innocence, but whimsical. And yet, I don't know, it feels very Batman. Like, just... Like just the idea of you know Batman and Damian running in the like the Joker hovering like it brings to mind like some of the great comic book covers of, over the years with like you know the Joker being this larger than life force you know towering over Batman or Gotham City and I I don't know it just is like a poster it's it's eye catching and it, it makes me hyped for it I don't know you know maybe it won't be any good I I don't know but uh, well, it, well, it's definitely sold me enough that like yeah I I'm gonna be tuning in the poster definitely also has a better design quality to it than images we have seen before and with that i will kick it over to chris here who i know is our scrooge for this segment (laughs) i don't like it um i don't really like cutesy bat that's kind of not my thing i'm not i I don't mean i need frank miller batman because i don't like frank miller either really but i i don't like this uh, cute batman i don't know and the the animation style or, or what we've seen the images of reminds me of Gravity Falls, which I think is fine, but also of Ren and Stimpy. If anybody remembers Ren and Stimpy, 
Uh, Alfred looks like a decrepit old man. Like, literally, he has a yeah. huge, bulbous nose. He looks like he's about to keel over. No, he looks like yeah. Al- put Alfred in the Gotham nursing home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I don't I don't like the, the look of it. I don't like the concept of it. I do like the poster. It does look like an old school comic. I will definitely give it that. I like the bat suit. I like Damien. I, <laughs> I'll say this. What I like about it is, and we've talked about the, we've touched on it briefly in the past. I feel DC in particular needs more gateway stuff because they tend to be darker stories, especially Batman. I like that there are going to be these things that exist for a younger audience to let them become fans of the character. It's a gateway into the character and its world. Because this is going to be a kid's movie, obviously. Um, and I like that. I think DC needs these to exist to welcome in younger, bring in younger fans. The Superman, My Adventures of Superman is another one we've, we, we've talked before. That's a, that's definitely for younger audiences, even though a lot of people like it. A lot of people our age like it, but it's definitely for younger audiences. Mm-hmm. And I remember before that was released, a lot of people have the same design issues of the characters. And I'm willing to give it a shot. I, I know my adventures of Superman didn't work for me. It works for you guys. And I hope that's the case with this. Although I hope it works for all three of us. Because <laughs> um, if I recall correctly, this is essentially serving as like a backdoor pilot, right? I believe they're doing a whole show like Gotham I, Family, Bat Family or something yeah. like that. The show is going to, I guess, be next year at some point. But yeah. Which I'm not sure how, what I feel, how I feel about a whole show. But, you know, we'll, get, we'll, t- we'll let's get to the, you know, the movie and then we'll take yeah. it. I, again, I, I again, do. Sh- I do. Sorry, I just think the fact that they already did have a show greenlit shows confidence in maybe no, what they've seen true. for this movie. And again, it's good for the kids. No, I, I agree with you. I think it is important for there to be a gateway uh, to other Batman stories because, yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't want to start off people with, okay, here's the killing joke, you know, have have had <laughs> it, you know. Hood. I <laughs> mean, the Red Hood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really, you know, Break break kids in with that, no. But I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I mean, on that note, I mean, I'm I'm still waiting. Like, when are we going to see something for Batman Caped Crusader? Why are we not seeing like that? like? Does that? Sh- I, I'm almost starting to wonder. Does that show even exist? Or is yeah, this apparently just some... it does. Apparently, season one is done, and they yeah, haven't... it's in the can. Um, my last thing on, on this though, and I do agree, Anthony. I love that there's family stuff. For you know, for kids to watch Batman get a game, love that. So that's why I got it. May not be for me, we'll see. But as long as for someone, especially a kid, I'm happy. But what I also wanted to mention that I think is really important not only is this a gateway for kids to get into Batman, it's got Damien in it. Right. So mm-hmm. Brave and the Bold rolls around. Guess what? Damien is that is the Robin these yep. kids will know. That's right. So if it doesn't have Dick Grayson Robin in it, no, they're gonna be like, "Well, where's Damien? Where's, you know what yeah. I mean? where's right. Robin?" So cool. Um, I guess unintentional time because I doubt this was planned like that. But no, ha- happy accident there. Right, happy accident. So, so just King Crusader, though, I agree. Yeah, I agree. But just to remind listeners of what this special is about, an anime and family action comedy destined to join the Rose Gallery of classic holiday movies. When a six-year-old Damian Wayne finds himself alone in Wayne Manor, he must transform into little Batman in order to defend his home and Gotham City from the crooks and supervillains intent on destroying Christmas. And we also got a voice cast. So Jonas Kibrib is voicing Damian. Um, not sure who that is. Probably a young child actor. 
But we got some pretty big names for Batman, Alfred, and the Joker. Luke Wilson is voicing Batman. James Cromwell is voicing Alfred. And David Hornsby is voicing the Joker. Impressive. Impressive. Again, interest keeps going up, so that's good. That's good. The synopsis made my interest nosedive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I, I do like the voice the, the, the name that I recognize this has potential uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that Can't it's called news, please. Bat <laughs> Fam the show Bat Fam and he's sick now we do yeah, actually so we do have some information on Batman and the Joker in this movie so I'm just going to share it just because we're late on news tonight uh, so Batman at 50 years old, he's older. Bruce Wayne is a dad and in full dad mode in his typical overachieving tunnel vision style. He threw himself into dadhood with the same determination he gave to crime fighting seconds after discovering he was a proud papa so much so that he was completely cleared up all crime in Gotham to avoid unnecessary distractions. That's right. There's no crime left in Gotham. In his private life, he retired his debonair playboy persona for must-up flannels and dad sneakers and is generally less kept than Boris Johnson. And as Batman, he re-equipped his utility belt with more wet wipes, fruit snacks, and band-aids than all of Gotham's daycares combined. Fatherhood is a mystery for him, though, and he's far from having cracked it. He tends to have a backbone made of marshmallow when it comes to his son's wants and is overly protective when it comes to his son's safety. He has child-proof cabinet locks for the child-proof cabinet locks. But at the end of the day, he is still Batman, and no amount of doting can completely mask his deep, husky voice made to bring chills down the spines of society's worst criminal. I'm out. (laughs) We just should have stopped at talking about the poster. (laughs) just called it. (laughs) I'm about to say, listeners, this is not visual media, but you should have seen the faces of Phil and Chris as I read that little description. I am out. I hope it works uh, for other people. I hope someone else finds this enjoyable, but wow. I'll listen to the review on Tis the Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, because it is on our schedule for later. Oh, the- good. There we go. I will we watch it so we don't have to. <laughs> uh, and there's also a little bit on the Joker, not as long, so bear with me here. No, no joke of... <laughs> no joke about it age has taken the spring out of this sadistic prankster's perpetual smile sure at 68 his creative criminal genius has mischured like a fine bottle of port and yes he's st- still just as doused with a warped sense of humor as the chemicals that once disfigured his face he has a diabolical scheme for his scratchy grating voice and the shrills of his laughter to echo terror that the streets of Gotham once again with renewed vigor. Okay, so the Batman is a, is Danny Tanner and the Joker's ready for a nursing home. Okay, got it. Got it. <laughs> okay, great. Good, good, good. But yeah, that poster is awesome, guys. No, yeah, like I said, they, we, we <laughs> just should have just nipped it right at the poster talk and just called it, oh, wow, this looks great. I like it. <laughs> So uh, we'll see. Uh, we, we, shall meantime, see. we shall see. In the meantime, <laughs> Amazon, please feel free to release information on Keep Crusade. Seriously, I need a character models or even just like a brief synopsis of like what's going on. I thought it was supposed to release this fall. I don't know. I, I know that the rumor, or I don't know if it was rumor or confirmed at this point, 
but they were working on season two because that's I guess the way Amazon's doing the animated stuff now. Because yeah. like with Invincible, I guess they messed up because they had the first season and then we've had to wait all this time for the second season. So I assume maybe that's why it is the way it is. I had heard that too, Chris. Or you, and hmm. I think my adventure with Superman did something similar. So maybe it's not an Amazon thing. Maybe it's a WB thing. I don't know. Could be. Could be. Hmm. But either way, I'd, I'd like something about that. Just a little tease. Just a yeah, little just tease. know Batman doesn't have wet wipes in his, his utility belt. That would be a plus. Yeah, no, I mean... Hey, but even Batman gets hungry on the job, so I can understand the fruit snacks in there. Sure. <laughs> Look, it, it, it worked for Adam West, but let's let's leave it let's leave it in the confines of the 60s. I imagine he eats jerky, though, like beef jerky or something. Yeah. <laughs> High protein. Up. Yeah, pulls it out of the utility belt. Yeah. Well, well, he waits for Gordon to signal. He's like crouched on a gargoyle. Yeah, just beef jerky. Beef jerky. Yeah. There we go. I'd imagine he doesn't do any of that and he'll just get drive through on his way uh, home from fighting crime. <laughs> that, that works too. Yeah. <laughs> he'll definitely be getting a happy meal. Hmm? Not, not if it's the returns timeline. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, get away. Yeah. <laughs> A violent attack against kids, but no, we won't. We won't. <laughs> di- we won't dig up that review. It is not Christmas yet, though, y'all. It is Halloween. Amen to that. Which brings us to our main topic of discussion tonight: Batman Haunted Night. Going to talk about some real dark Batman. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like how uh, we're completely switching gears. <laughs> the pendulum has uh, swung. So obviously this was written by Jeff Loeb and uh, the art was done by Tim Sale and it serves as the prequel to uh, Batman The Long Halloween. Yet somehow over the years it's become um, not for, not forgotten, but it's, the, it's not as nearly well known as its successor. And that's a real shame. I mean, I know we're going to get into, into the details of it, but I mean, this is on par, I think, with the long Halloween and even dark victory. Like it is again, maybe because it's sort of, you know, there's not a, like an overarching thread, like the other two that maybe that's why it's not as remembered, but I don't know. I think it's right up there with, with the other two stories. And I mean, just from the artwork alone, I mean, again, we'll get into it, but it's another masterpiece as far as I'm concerned. I would agree with that. I think that it is lesser known, but there's so much good in it. Mm-hmm. And I actually think this is some of Sale's best work with Batman. Hmm. Which that may, that I know I'm probably one of four people who would suggest that, but I really think there's some beautiful pages in here. And I, I guess I read the, um, not a re, it's, it's a, not a remaster because it's a book, but whatever they call these versions. <laughs> Um, the, the absolute color, or the deluxe? I think it's the absolute of it. Um, it's it's the one on DC Universe Infinite, and it's okay. just really pretty, and it stands out. And the stories are they're very distinct, so I, I think it's a pretty good time. Yeah, I I love it. It's um it's classic Batman. It, this is my favorite. When, when I think of the definitive Batman story, I think of Haunted Night, The Long Halloween, and Dark Victory. Like yeah. that's my perfect Batman. 
It's that's per- the Batman it- I want to see on the big screen. That's the perfect trilogy right there. Uh, that's Batman in his prime. His villains are all around. I love it. And yeah, it was so fun revisiting this one today. Um, or yesterday, rather. The art's fantastic. And to your point, Phil, I think it's a damn shame this one kind of isn't held up in the same regard as The Long Halloween, because it absolutely should be. I mean, this is something that is ripe for an animated movie adaptation. Like, it is, again, you've got, what, three, three, four stories to pick from, and, and you could make, I mean, I mean, you could really just expand even one of them into a full length movie. I mean, to me, like the the last one is probably my favorite. I just love the whole like Christmas Carol connection. It's just fantastic. I, I, I would love to even see something like that done on the big screen where like, you know, Batman is sort of like confronting himself in a way like, Again, you could really do that in like a cool, like almost like like a fear toxin type setting. Or I, I don't know, something along those lines I think would be really cool on the big screen. I mean, that just came to mind yesterday as I was reading through it. And I'm like, yeah, this would be perfect. It has the villain is like, it's himself. You know what I mean? Kind of like mm-hmm. how, like, kind of like how ego took that uh, in a way. That's a great callback. If you, if you didn't know me, uh, I'm sure you would never have been able to guess the third story is also my favorite. But I just <laughs> want to point out, I feel like, you know, without that third story, we probably never would have got Batman Noel. Very similar in Very, concept yeah, and tone. And I feel like that was clear influence on Lee Pereo's story mm-hmm. later on. You know, I, I guess I'm the odd man out. The ghost, I think it's called Ghost. The third one is my least favorite. Okay. Even when I first read this years ago, the third one was like, this is, it's, it's okay. It's not my favorite. My favorite is actually the Scarecrow. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good I, one. I love that Scarecrow. I think it, it's just so cool. And the, the Scarecrow is very quirky in it. Yeah. Like, that's mm-hmm. not a Scarecrow we get anymore. With the rhyming no. and stuff, the, the nursery rhyme Scarecrow. And I like the design, too. That's pretty fun. And, and just the overall, the way the story works with um, Bruce King Poison and whatnot, it's, I enjoy it. I feel like you could definitely tell uh, that specific story influenced the fear toxin in Batman and Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. I think oh, that yeah. story influenced his take on the Scarecrow. So I think this book is hugely influential. I mean... It's a long Halloween that always gets mentioned as, oh, that was Chris Nolan's inspiration. That was Matt Reeves' inspiration. But I think this book is just as important to... You can pull influences. I mean, really, I mean, you can even throw Dark Victory on, onto the, the table. Like, there's, there's a lot of threads that are sort of picked at and put into all of the you know, recent films. But, yeah, I was going through this and just thinking, like, I love Batman when he's working in the halloween season there's just something i I mean christmas is also great but there's just something about batman and that autumn fall like that's something we need to see more of and we got a little bit of it in the batman but i I would love to see that expanded even more so i agree i think it was missing i was so excited um during the production of the batman when stuff photos of like jack-o'-lanterns and stuff i was like we're getting a proper halloween batman movie and then it only was that it opened up the opening scene was halloween and that was it i think batman's right for halloween you have a bunch of costumed baddies and a costume hero it, it makes it, sense it, to it have a, yeah and i've said this before gotham always looks best in the fall around halloween and in the snow around christmas uh because it's just one of those dreary cities right and the dead trees and the coldness works for it i mean honestly like I know it's the most 
derived one in the video game series, but Arkham Origins. Yeah, that's a perfect Batman Christmas story. That Uh, is. is. Joker takes out a hit on Batman on Christmas Eve, and all the villains go out. I I would love to see that adapted for the big screen. That's just fun. Like somebody taking a hit out on Batman on Christmas Eve, and he's facing all these guys down. Well, the idea of a Batman story being set in one day or night, I think, is also fascinating. I mean, you think of a lot of the the great comics. You know, tend to sometimes take place over the course of like you know what could be like a six hour day or something like it right that would be a great translation to screen again you'd have to get all your ducks in a row so to speak but that would be a i think a unique challenge if you could set it all in, in one particular even like a night or something how oh, that would work though i know that's the you, you've got to you got to have you know someone who's up to the task of that I wonder how long that movie would be. <laughs> well, that's that is there's the question. Die, Die Hard was one night, right? But he he wasn't basing, let's say, four super villains. <laughs> uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop was one night. There you go. <laughs> there's the framework right there. Right there. That, that, that's it. No, no, I, I think it could be done. I, I think you're looking at like a two and a half hour, three hour movie, which is fine. Uh, but that is a lot to organize, organize, I would say. No, it is. Like I said, you'd have to really have the story and script nailed down pretty and, tight. I, and I think you could. We got to tell them, hey, you're only in it for, let's say, 15 minutes. <laughs> right, right, right. I really like, I mean, we're not talking about it, but I mean, I'll just say it right now. The idea, um, Batman Noel, which again was inspired, clearly inspired by the third story oh, yeah. in this anthology. No um, I loved the idea of it taking place over one night, Batman trying to get the Joker, but uh, throwing the fact Batman's sick, it's cold, it's mm-hmm. snowing, it's really like, get it's, you know, not only does he have this external threat, but he is even moodier with himself than usual. He's sick. Alfred's telling him he needs to rest. Like, just this idea of everything being against him, even his own body, I think that makes a fascinating story. But it also gives me that little bit. Yeah, it, it plays the whole fact that that he is human, and that was something to sort of tie it back to these particular stories. You really get a sense of Batman and and Bruce Wayne, the person, as opposed to even in like the Long Halloween and, and to a lesser extent Dark Victory. Not saying that you don't get time like in in like bruce's psyche but it almost feels like because these were three one-shot stories working within kind of a limited um you know confines you get kind of that more one-on-one like what's going on in 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 bruce's and batman's head you know from page to page versus like some overarching story where like you know maybe in one issue you only get like a panel or two of like what, what Batman is thinking. Right. So one of the, so it's funny, Chris, that your favorite in here was the Scarecrow story. That was actually my least favorite. Really? Um, I, I love all three. Don't get me wrong, but I was actually, um, the goat ghosts had a, a soft spot for me because it's Christmas, obviously. Yeah. And it, but uh, madness, the mad hatter story. Oh, that's a good one. 
That's a really good one. And it really showed like Mad Hatter would be such an interesting live action villain if they did him mm-hmm. correctly. Like I'm surprised nobody tried to take him on yet. Yeah. I think yeah. he's just too dark. Like if you really want to do the Mad Hatter, you go dark. Oh yeah. This, mm-hmm. this is actually I would say Madness is a is a pretty dark story. Oh yeah. And they're not so, explicitly saying what he's doing, but you can read between the lines. Yeah. Right. It, it's it's a dark story and Hatter himself, he's sporting a, a pistol in this one. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. he is a frightening little. Uh, yeah, he's little a dude. creature. He is a yes. he's a evil little creature, and I, I think that's why I haven't seen him on screen because he he's a lot to process for an average movie audience. Yeah, but, but I mean, you wanted you talk about like a Matt Reeves villain, like oh, yeah, yeah. for his darker take. Imagine, oh, a, perfect. A cold opening, but not even. Imagine a story where this guy is going around kidnapping the children of Gotham. It would be per- he'd actually be a perfect villain for the introduction of Robin's story, even for a different take on oh, that yeah. story. Yeah, and and this story in particular, I think, works really well because of the the use of Barbara Gordon is mm-hmm. this you know Haunted Night and Long Halloween and even Dark Victor are all year one two three stories of Batman. These are all early yeah. stuff. So we're seeing Barbara as soon as Jim gets her, really, you know, as soon as she's adopted, and they're trying to make their relationship work. And then what happens? She gets kidnapped. Kidnapped. Yep. You know, it, now, it adds to it. Now, was um, I never? Is she adopted in a lot of the stories, or is she his biological daughter in a lot of the stories? Because I, it for depends. some reason, reading this, I was like, I never knew she was adopted. It and varies. I say this having read this story a million times, but no, it, it just varies uh, writer to writer, continuity to continuity. I think okay. the most common version is, is that she is the daughter. Yeah. Okay. That's why. That's why I Batman thought. Batman animated series they use the daughter aspect. Yeah, she was the daughter. Yeah. It's the more popular one. I mean, the, the adopted one is fine, but when she's the daughter, it just works better. That's yeah. the more common. Yeah, I feel like it works better for me when she's biological, only because Batman has the adopted son. So like. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. it's a parallel. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. not actually sure why they even did the adopted route with her. I really don't know. It, it's not like it's a bad thing. It's fine. But I, I do think the biological way work it, it just works better from a narrative standpoint. Yeah. Especially like in Gotham Knights, the uh, the video game, you get some really great uh, Barbara and Jim Gordon stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I prefer it personally. But yeah, very cool story, and I, I do like how they went deep with the Hatter. Like they didn't oh, yeah. shy away from it. No, I mean, like you said, he he is a sick even the little dude. thing where they explain he's drugging them. Oh yeah, like I mean, this is a this is a dark it dark is. tale. I mean, sales art really sells the crap out of this. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think you are right, Anthony. Like this is some of the best artwork that that he did. And again, Long Halloween is beautiful. I still love I, one of my favorite pieces of artwork in any Batman comic is from Dark Victory, where Batman and Robin are taking down the Joker and the two and Two Face. Oh, yeah. You know, like just that whole you know spread. It's like uh, it's it's beautiful. But no, the the images in this and just the I don't just the attention to detail. It, it's on a whole other level. In a way, I want. It kind of feels like they were allowed to do more with these three stories. I don't know if that's the case, but because there wasn't the pressure from Long Halloween or from the success of this, 
you know, they were just allowed to, okay, we're making a story. We're going to take our time with it because the art to me, it has more of a finished look to it in a way. Again, right. that might be because I read the touched up version, but still. Like, and there's some designs I don't like. Like I actually don't like the way um, Sales Bruce looks at all in any of the stories. Uh, no, that's fair. Yeah, he's kind of he, a... He's like, I don't know, he's just got an odd shape to his head. He looks like a bird <laughs> or something. <laughs> and his Joker is extremely toothy and inhuman looking. He does have a toothy grin. Yeah, yeah, he, he does. But other than that, I think the shots of Batman are just so good. The they are, yeah. That's the Batman I hope we get in the Brave and the Bold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, with the cape billowing and just that that shadowy I, figure. Yeah, I like. Don't give me the smooth cape. Give me the edged cape. Yeah, with the, the yeah the, the, the scallops. Little, yeah, the, the scallops. scallops yeah. There you go. Yeah, the scallops need. They need to make a return. Give me the scallops and give me the cape that when he's standing, it literally drapes over. It him drapes like over. It down, yeah. yeah, that's what I want. I want the Kelly Jones look, but that's just me. <laughs> no, that's cool too. That's cool too. Yeah, this is. I, I think it's a very special book in a way, especially because this launched Loeb and Sale in DC. Yeah, and this this set the standard. Okay, this is what we can do with Batman. Now. Mm-hmm. We could tell these kinds of stories, and I think that's what sets it apart too, even from Long Halloween. Because Long Halloween is more of a central narrative. Right. It's that central mystery where these stories are their own self-contained, you know, uh, each one is different. One is well, just him chasing the scarecrow. One, you know, madness is him happening upon the Mad Hatter. And then Ghost is, you know, it's the Christmas story. Yeah. It's a personal I, uh, it's a weird penguin. Yeah, the penguin I mean, was always strange in those in, in these books. It's a weird looking. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was interesting to me that they chose Poison Ivy as one of the ghosts instead of Catwoman. Yeah, that, that was something. But I love the sale I, Poison Ivy. Oh, oh she's yeah. perfect. It's yeah, flawless, flawless That's, design. She's like mystical or something. I don't Do know. you want the green skinned Poison Ivy in a movie or the white skinned Poison Ivy or you know whatever gray she is? Do you prefer the green skin or the regular skin? I think I'm more, not so much with the skin tone, but I'm more concerned with her having like vines and leaves or something like that. I don't yeah. want her just in a green bathing suit. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see some something on her. We've already had Uma Thurman. We don't need to go down right. that road, I guess. <laughs> I, I think it'd be cool if we get a version of her where her skin is like tinted green. Yeah, like a, a texture. Yeah. Like yeah. Not fall on. Herself. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I think that would look cool, but I, I don't really have a preference over the actual skin. But I, I, I tend do to prefer love her, her look in these. Mm-hmm. It's it's great. Oh, it's yeah. Great. I Like you said, Chris, it's so mystical. And mm-hmm. I think that's what she needs to be if she's communicating with plants. Yeah. She's a mystic woman. Um, did you guys read, I think it came out last year, two years ago, kind of like the follow-up one-shot of Haunted Night? So good. Yeah, I it did. is. I wish they did more rather than that. I, I wish they did enough to know. Long, yeah. Sorry, apologies. I wish they did more. Like I wanted, like a book length. Oh, I, I mean, go ahead, Chris. I was saying, I would love more. Yeah, yeah. I, I would love. I mean, just an endless run of this Gotham of this world. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's just. I, I know. To, to me. It, 
it really does feel like Batman. Like every time I pick it up, it's like, yep, okay, we're we're right there. And maybe because there's been so many, you know, threads and whatnot that have been carried over to, to a lot of the movies that I have such a personal uh, affinity for for all of these stories. But like, I don't know, just every time I pick up, like, yep, this is Batman. You know, we're going, we're going back to Gotham City now. There's something about them that I think it, it just lends itself to that mentality, even with Hush, which I know is not a lot of people's cup of tea, because it, it is a, it's just the greatest hits. It's Batman's greatest hits. It's, yeah, like this villain here they are. Yeah, that's what it, bingo. Yeah, yeah, and it culminates in a weird twist that nobody asked for. No, but, <laughs> you know, that's neither here nor there. There's something about Loeb's writing that just sends you to Gotham, and the art from Sale really helps with that. Oh, it's perfect. They, um, to your point, Phil, I wish there was a whole series. Like, this is year one, two, and three, right? Between I want to see year, I want to see year five, six, like the whole. I want. I would. I would like them to do like as they progress. Like, okay, now he has Nightwing and yep. Batgirl, Batgirl and here. Tim and Damien. I would like him to go on to Jason. okay. Let's see this yep. this Batman when he meets Superman and joins the Justice League. Like, I want his whole. Yeah. There is yeah. stuff like that. With um, this, with no, Jeff Loeb? And... No, not with Jeff Loeb. It's, it's from other writers. But there, there's actually a story that it's Batman's uh, Wonder Woman and Superman throughout the years. I forgot what it's called. Hmm. Um, but it, it, it checks in with them every few years. Until, oh, that's um, very cool. Until actually when Batman dies. Bruce is actually dead at the end of the book. Just just by old age, of course. Not, you know, something crazy. No. But what I would like them to do, it, it's not going to happen now, of course. But no, um, have you guys ever read the life storybooks from Marvel, like Spider Man life story? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I loved love, that one. I'd love to see a Batman life story. Yeah, that would be that cool. would be cool. That would yeah, be cool. I would. I'd like to see that, but from Loban, it, it's not going to happen, of course. No. no, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why people keep going back to these. I mean, like I said, I think the art is so it's so distinct and i mean we've said it it's it's so batman Mm -hmm. but the the writing as well like there's such an understanding about the characters and and the world that i mean i mean again i don't want to put in the box like okay nobody does it and it does it better because i mean obviously there's other writers and people that have added their flourishes to it but like there's just something so fundamentally different in the best possible way with with what they were doing you know i don't know yeah. why this popped into my head you guys remember in batman forever when the rizzler's like this is so you for whatever reason that's kind of the way these books are <laughs> conjures up jim carrey and green spandex that were <laughs> yeah. just so you you know it actually makes me want to reread long halloween and dark victory in succession Oh, that's exactly what I wanted to do after I finished this. I was like, I need Thanks. to go back and read The Long Halloween before Halloween. Uh, I actually just watched the movie, though, because I, I do love the movie. I prefer the movie's ending. Yes. Yeah, I like the movie. I'm I waiting for Dark Victory. You don't like it, Anthony? <laughs> I, I like the movie. I don't prefer the ending. Oh, really? Okay. I can't, I, I can't follow you there. I don't like that Batman just lets her get away with it. Well, I like that there's a clear answer of who was the killer. That's yeah. The book kind, kind of, of leaves it. Yeah, the book leaves it kind of still up in the air. I, I like a definitive answer. Yeah, because I I first read Long Halloween. I want to say around 2005, 
And I've spent all that time trying to figure out who is the damn killer. Right. Because it doesn't happen. It, it, no, it doesn't. It's it confusing. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I've seen Jeff Loeb ask this at conventions, like, who is the killer? Who did it? Yeah. And, yeah, he smiles and says, it's in the book. No, Jeff, it's not. It's not. I've read that book cover to cover right. more times than it. I can count. I the have absolute no, edition. The, yeah. I've seen it. I've it's looked at the there. notes. It, it ain't in there, folks. No. So I will but, watch the movie. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I kind of like it being ambiguous, though, that Batman can't solve every case, even despite being a world's greatest detective. It shows he's human, especially because this was early on in his career. I never thought of it like that. That's actually a good point. That's a very yeah, good point. But okay, but even then, we as the reader should we should we need to know who it is. I want to know. Right. I'm, <laughs> I feel like the Riddler in the end of that Batman animated episode was like, I've got to know. Somebody tell me how he did it. <laughs> yeah. I um but no, in terms of my own personal like Halloween traditions, I read Haunted Night every year along with the dark uh the long Halloween. Um Dark Victory I don't get to every year, but those two I definitely do. And uh, then Batman Noel on Christmas, but I pose a question to you guys: If you do, you have a ranking for these three ghosts, madness, and then fear, or whatever it was called, uh, ghosts, madness, and fears. Yeah, I thought we were talking. Uh, I, I, oh, the book! I was talking one. all three books, but I like oh. I like your thinking on that one too, Anthony. Yeah, I would go fears, madness, ghosts for me. How do you put it, Phil? Same as you, Anthony. Same exact order. Uh, for the books, I actually ranked them um, The Long Halloween, Haunted Night, Dark Victory, and then Catwoman, When in Rome. Oh, that's right. We also do. Forget yeah, I love that yeah. book. Yeah, that's another yeah. good one. That's underrated. Underrated. But, <laughs> but despite how I ranked them, they're all amazing. It's one big story. They're all I amazing. know. That's the thing. It's really, it's like, you know. It's one nacho. It, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's flawless. Well, I, you guys? I, you I, I really loved I, I again I'll get probably get flack for this. I put Dark Victory ahead of the long Halloween. I, I I just love that whole retelling of Robin's origin. I like Batman's arc in the story. I like how it picks up the threads from from Long Halloween. And again, I mentioned it earlier, that just that badass scene with Batman and Robin teaming up for the first time, you know, taking down the Joker and Two Face. I, I there's no better splash page, in, in my opinion. It is flawless. It should be on a poster. Uh, for me, it's Long Halloween because I adore that book. Despite the, my issues with the ending, I really <laughs> love the Long Halloween, and I know that's you can have a lot of fans, and we are legion, I suppose. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's quintessential Batman. It's essential yeah. reading too. And, and oh, anytime yeah. someone asks me where do I start to read Batman, Long Halloween. Bingo. It's easy to get into. You're going to get a little bit of everything you know about the character and some new stuff. And you guys know I have I love Two Face. He's my second favorite villain, no pun intended. And this is the best origin for him. Mm. It's just fantastic. This book, that book has my favorite splash page of any Batman story, and that's one of the villains all gathered by oh, the Jack yeah, O'Lantern. That's, that's the one I that's always a great think of. Shot. I think of. That's a great like, one. I would love to have that framed or something. I love yeah, it. that needs to be a poster or something. It's that so is, pretty. Yep, that is and it really shows off the eccentric nature of sales artwork. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I know. Because everybody looks so different. Everybody, I know. They're all right there in the room. Yeah. Some of them look human. Some of them don't. <laughs> yeah, no. 
it's interesting. But um, so yeah, I go long Halloween. I would actually put Haunted Night Ooh. before Dark Victory. That's why I did too. My yeah, man. I, I would do that. I I do love Dark Victory also, but I think something about Haunted Night where it's got that more standalone feel to me. And I could just read one of the stories and go about my day. So for that reason, maybe I give it to all of them. But again, like Anthony, I love all three of these books. I, again, yeah. it's like, you know, picking a favorite, you know. It, it's one hell of a trilogy. Yeah, it, it's wonderful. I mean, it, it really doesn't get much better. I also, you know, speaking of Dark Victory, um, I also really love the Sophia and Selena stuff. Mm. Yeah, that's a nice element. I like that. I, I think seeing more of the family was cool. And I guess it's Selena's family that she's fighting with, which is yeah, <laughs> keeps it in the family. Yeah, I, I enjoy that. And I'm not the biggest Robin fan, but I, I do like the origin. Uh, it, how would you? It's flawless, absolutely flawless. How, what do you think of Catwoman's purple suit? Hmm. I mean, again, I think I don't need to see it in live action because I just think it might be a little, a little too, uh, yeah too comic booky if that's possible but <laughs> I, I i think it like it works in in the confines of this universe like i again it, it doesn't feel out of the ordinary it, it's it's catwoman but i, I don't right. think i need to see it translated to live action I, I think that might be a little might be a little too much <laughs> i don't mind i i like the costume i I think that, like Bill said, it fits with the universe. As long as they don't do the cat head again, I think we're good. Yeah, we don't need that. We don't the cat head that. does not need to return. The purple's fine. <laughs> you don't want to do this. You don't want her to have a cat head? No. Nah. No. The cat head with that dress was just weird. <laughs> it's just odd. So odd. I, I, I get the idea. It's Catwoman. Yeah. But on that same token, the, the penguin doesn't have a beak. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, but you don't want her to have a cow of any kind. No, no, no I, I want a cow. Just not a just cat. not the giant not a, cat, not a cat mascot man. head. Not yeah, a cat yeah. mascot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want her to look like Mickey Mouse at Disney World. Right. Or the Cheshire uh, Cat. I suppose. No, she's not a mascot for Gotham. You. Right. I don't want to see that. But no, the cow. I'm all for. I, actually, my favorite design of Catwoman is the the cow and goggles that we usually have now. Yeah. My favorite design of Catwoman is still Julie Newmar. Give me to the domino mask. And oh, yeah, that, 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 Julie is flawless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Nolan even used a version of that. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's basically. So you have Nolan. Speaking of Nolan, like you want to talk about influence on his stuff, the Long Halloween. I mean, he lifted panels right from that graphic novel. The one that comes to mind for me is Harvey, Batman, and Gordon on the rooftop, oh, on the rooftop by the bat signal. Yep. I, I remember leading up to Dark Knight. That was the one thing I really wanted to see translated. And when I saw it, I was just so happy. <laughs> I know. It, it's a wonderful shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like the thing in Batman Begins where he has Flash. Like, I mean, yeah. I think, it, like, you know, that's right out of this book. Mm-hmm. Also, right. the, the bat thing at the asylum. Yep. 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 Yeah, he pulled from a lot of stuff. You can definitely see the influence, which, I mean, again, I think that just sort of goes to the point of how influential these these books are particularly the long halloween realistically whenever these directors get a hold of batman or these writers they go back to the same well it's long halloween and frank miller stuff yeah that's it reeves did mention ego and I, there are traces a little of it, bit. i would say not as much but, as i thought 
Right, not as much as I was expecting, yeah. but there I was crazy. literally expecting him to be kind of schizophrenic and talk. <laughs> that's to kind of what I thought. Yeah, really. No, I thought I was going to talk to the mask. Yeah, <laughs> which I was all prepared. I was like, no, I was. It. I know. I kept waiting for it to happen. So, oh, I guess I guess we're not going there. Yeah, let, let's monologue to that mask. I right. <laughs> no, again, like it. It makes sense. You're you're going to go back to what works. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're not going back to you know, Batman and the you know robots of the 1950s you know no we're not we're not doing that again or yeah no well however give it time (laughs) frank miller doesn't work for me i do not like his overly buff violent batman i don't like i don't like the personality it's a choice no it's a choice i i just don't i don't like the cynical batman for me he's still a hero he can be grumpy without being cynical my favorite Frank Miller is still year one. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, yep, that's, that's, it. that's where it begins and ends for me. It really does. No, it, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I think the dark Knight returns is one of the most overrated books in comic history. Mm-hmm. I, I, I won't, on that. won't disagree with you there. But you know, what's interesting for me is I actually really like the animated version. of it. Yeah. The animated one's pretty good. I don't really like the book, but I do really enjoy the animated movie. Yeah, I I I feel like that takes the best parts of that book and just sorts of sort of runs with it, and it's a little more stream. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's just like some of it feels like it's just pages and pages of Bruce just talking to himself, and it's like, okay, we get it. You're angry, you know. You shouldn't (laughs) have retired. Like, I mean, what do you want me to do about it? We get it. You've been taking steroids. And yeah, you like, like, okay, you want to have a heart attack. You want to kill yourself. It's like, okay, like, I mean, again, what do you want me to do about it? It's just it's rare you read uh, a Batman book and you want him to lose. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> there's a part of me that, okay, Superman, just kick his ass. Like, he's been, a, he's been an asshole the entire time. J- just finish him off. And I am sorry, but Batman being overly violent and killing does not work for me. I know he has killed in the no, comics, look, but Bat- that is not the popular iteration. No, it's a context. It, it's a thing about context, I think. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's just not. Look, I, I, I will even go as far as say I think that book has received way too much praise and, and, and sort of its stature is unnecessarily high. Like, there are other Batman stories that that came out before that. Again, you know, think Neil Adams, think the Danny O'Neill. Like, stuff. yeah, like there was dark, gritty Batman before, you know, Frank Miller brought him out of the retirement home kind of a thing. Like, you know, like it's just like, again, somehow he is celebrated as the one, oh, he made the dark Batman. Well, I mean, he made him an asshole, but like it wasn't, bingo yeah i mean that's it, he was dark and, and and serious before that you know i mean i get it that was like when it went main mainstream but like i mean it was a scale of it really. yeah i know i think again yeah i won't you know you know say it d- doesn't have its its weight in the batman uh uh mythos but like i i i think there's just so many other opera you mm-hmm. know other opportunities again like if, if we're talking Dark Knight Returns versus the long Halloween, like there, there's no just contest. no contest, you know? I'll even go so far as to say, and I know this is probably controversial, maybe not with you guys, but with fandom in general, I would take Hush over 
the Dark Knight Returns. Every time. Yeah, yeah, with me. I'm with you. I'm with and you. No offense to anybody who enjoys. No, it. again, we're not it's trying not to. We're not us. raining on the parade. Of yeah, it's not for us. No, it and, is and not a, for. A wise man once told me regarding Batman and killing: don't make the exception the rule. <laughs> yes. Yep. Like I like the struggle, the internal struggle, where he does have these struggles. Like, would it be better if I did kill the Joker because I would save I a thousand that. lives in the future? Yeah. That struggle. He should have that struggle constantly. Great narrative, great narrative. But I, I love that he always chooses to save them because in his mind, maybe not so much with the Joker, but well, with all his villains, he thinks he can get them help. Mm-hmm. He thinks lock, he, he thinks again the treatment could save them, yeah. no matter how many times they've proven him wrong. And I like that, despite that, there is that little compassion and humanity. Batman doesn't give optimism up. In him. He, yeah, he exactly. doesn't give up. He doesn't give up. I mean, we talked about it when we talked the, about Arlene Sorkin a few episodes ago. That one episode where he really felt for her, like she asked why he she was doing he was doing something for her, and he had that really human yeah. connection with her. Yeah, that that is that is the point of Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about you know cracking somebody's spine in a mud hole. No, and, and going back to Haunted Night. That's one of the things that this book does really well is give you a lot of grounded Bruce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, it, it it goes out of its way to humanize him. Mm-hmm. And and again, I, like I said, I, I felt like we got more time with him and understanding his psyche than we did in the other two books. Mm-hmm. And again, I Different think that's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of you know one shot. You don't have to worry about the whole narrative and overarching story it's like boom we're just going to focus on one particular tale mm-hmm. i've got a question for you guys haunted night and long halloween side what's your favorite batman halloween story piece of content out there i mean we're just that, no any content the Batman versus Dracula. Dan. I knew I was going you were to gonna say, okay. say that. Yep. No, all right. I, I feel like I, I feel like a cheat if I say that. No, I mean that that's definitely would be one for me. Um, I guess keeping it in the same the same family, same universe. There was an episode of the Batman. I think it was called Grundy's Night. It turned out to be Clayface, but that had a nice Halloween aesthetic to it. Yeah, that was that was kind of a good one. I think mine, and I don't think it was necessarily Halloween, but it's a, it was a costume thing anyway, so I'll go with it. It's when him and Superman and Lois and Catwoman double date, and they switch costumes for the party. And no, uh, that's, it is fun. Uh, that's, that's a yeah. fun one. And that's the type, I, I know there's a certain section of fandom that hates the F word, but that's the type of fun I'm looking for in the DCU. When I think of fun... Like, just in terms of comics, I think of that. I think of that panel that makes its rounds on Twitter sometimes with Superman and Batman sharing a burger, like, while Batman's perched on a gargoyle. Like, that was the type of imagery. Like, don't be afraid to show these characters in film having fun or these human moments. Well, again, I think that's that's the the real opportunity that the DCU has, that they can do Mm -hmm. things that we haven't seen before, that they can show us stories and and character moments that have not been been done on screen again it doesn't have to be all dark and and serious again i'm not saying let's go the schumacher route you know and let's just you know brighten it up for the kids but um 
you know, again, it's it's about that balance, a little bit of levity, a little bit of fun. These are comic book characters, after all. Now, um, Batman and the Mad Monk is another kind of oh, that's a spooky Ooh, one. That's a good that's one. That's a yeah. great one. I, I think that, that that'd be something interesting to see adapted. Oh, I would love to see. Oh. I, I don't think we'd get it, but that's, that's no. Nice. That would oh, that would be oh. Mm-hmm. Don't tempt me with a good time. I I would love to see. You know, you get these one shot elsewhere world comic books. Every Halloween, there's that one amazing drawing that goes around of Batman and Michael Myers. There's like a series oh. of them. I would love if they adapted that into a comic book, just like a one shot. Like Bill that would be awesome. About those, I think yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Please give it to me. You know. Batman and Dr. Loomis teaming up to take down Michael Myers. I mean, let's come on. Michael Myers gets loose in Gotham City. Let, let's just bring it on. They're transferring him to Arkham from. Hattie yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's where you get your dilemma of your no kill rule. So, right. Yeah. That would be interesting, actually. Yeah. Because he'd fit right in at Arkham. Oh yeah, no, he he he'd have a great time, yeah, you know, with all the uh, with all the inmates, you know? all the loonies. Oh yeah, I mean, we'd be right at home. I think it's the, the Batman that regularly regularly shows the villains in Arkham like playing cards and stuff. I think it's it's the Batman. Oh well, um, yeah, Batman the Animated Series did that too with their famous uh, almost got him, almost episode. got him, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's my favorite episode of the show. I love that. Episode. It's a wonderful episode. Wonderful. And that's the type of thing you could. And you would need to build more of a plot into it, but I could see that being a cool framing device for a movie. Like all these villains talking about that, you know, the time they almost beat Batman. And it's a mystery in and of itself, because in the end, he's sitting there amongst them, like, laughing at them. I like to see him dress as Jared Leto's Joker. <laughs> but then he pulls off the mask and it's Batman. <laughs> 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 he tells Two Face, "Who else is going to give you a reach around?" Times get rough in the future. You just don't know. That it does. That it does. <laughs> do you ever, do you ever think, given the long Halloween success, they might adapt Haunted Nights for an anime movie? I, I, I think I said I'm surprised they haven't at this point. I mean, again, obviously you you, you can't go all the way uh, there with the darkness. I mean would definitely have to lighten up the mad hatter stuff maybe i think um, you can do it as is because it's not like they, they no i, I guess it's it, not explicit yeah you're yeah, right it's not you're right the, the tea thing though it gives you enough of a hint yeah that they probably would have to, to change up or yeah something. maybe just cut that part yeah we can we can we all understand why he's making them drink the tea yeah yeah it's it's there in the implication <laughs> You know, in his prime, like his prime Freddy Krueger days, Robert England could have made a good Mad Hatter in a Batman movie. I think he still could. Yeah, he would be great. Yeah, I, I think creepy. older Hatter is is maybe better than a young Hatter. Hmm. I yeah, I mean, I I'd love to see the Mad Hatter brought to the the big screen. He is in my top three. It's Man, Batman, out. Mad Hatter, and Clayface. Was it good? I also want to see Scarface and the Ventriloquist. I think they would be great. I think you, there's a way to do that really... I mean, dolls are scary in general. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, just just watch that Anthony Hopkins movie, Magic. I mean, it, that's a perfect setup for how you could bring them into the film. I don't think there's a villain I wouldn't want to see. <laughs> Except maybe, like, I don't know, 
crazy quilt or something. Right. Condiment King. Yeah, no, we yeah, don't need it. Yeah, I'd be yeah. good with any of the villains, really. Yeah. I'd no. be good with Mr. Pig. Professor Pig. Professor would... Pig is actually one of my top ones. He I I can't see him being a main villain, but like a cold open villain. Like Yeah. Per- he'd be great. For Reeves verse, I think he's perfect. It's a perfect yeah. addition. Absolutely. It's it's the right balance of a you know, grounded, realistic villain, but yet still has that foot in the comic book uh, lore. I'd like to see Dollmaker. I think Dollmaker oh, is very creepy. That would be creepy. I mean, again, we I know we've probably said this before, but that's the real advantage that Reeves has now with there being the separate DCU universe that if he wants to go into the darkness, I mean... Again, we're never going to get an R-rated Batman no, movie. I don't, I don't you know, and I don't think you need it. But like, there's no reason they can't kind of push the envelope now with, uh, with the Batman universe. I mean, mm-hmm. especially if we're going to get the Arkham show uh, mm-hmm. down the road. I mean, again, bring in all of these dark and 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 frightening villains. If we're getting a G-rated Batman on Amazon Prime with Merry Little Batman, give us the. PG thirteen pushing it, Batman. No, right, yeah. In the reverse. That's right. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the Batman was pushing. Oh yeah, well, no, I it, think it was, so. It is by far the darkest Batman yeah. film ever made. I mean, even if you take out a, a chunk of the movie, just look at the traps from the Riddler. They were like saw traps. Oh yeah, I mean, especially the rat one. Oh like god, when yeah. You, when you see the drawings of how that thing works how it works yeah that, no that is pretty it was, intense <laughs> it was like saw the only thing missing was him popping up on the tv screen i want to play a game yeah he did definitely pop up on tv though he did that's true yeah that moment he, he again we don't TV. we don't see it in action and so that kind of like you know leaves it to you know theater of the mind but like which is enough <laughs> oh yeah like I, said, I mean this that movie pushed the envelope i mean mm-hmm. again i mean if we're, if we're just going off of how the joker might look and i'm sure there's going to be a redesign like that is entering nightmare territory mm-hmm. you know my so. my favorite thing to quote from the batman and it's such a stupid thing to quote i just love it just makes me laugh every time when uh he's live streaming hey guys yeah. thanks for tuning in <laughs> I'm not mis- isn't that um zeddy from vigilance isn't that how he opens the show most of the time after he introduces <laughs> everybody hey guys yeah, <laughs> I think that's where he gets it from. I think he does. Zedward Nigma. Zedward Nigma. The one and only. That's right. So, gentlemen, any more, any final thoughts on Batman Haunted Night? It's perfect. And more Batman live action content should lean into the Halloween aesthetic. As Frankenstein would say, comic good. <laughs> and i will i will co-sign both of those points because you both said it uh better than i could so co-sign across the board and speaking of uh frankenstein real quick i want to plug a comic it just came out it's called serial oh yeah how is that it was fantastic it's only 125 pages there are like nice. five stories in it it's all tied together but it's a darker take on the cereal monsters. So chocolate, Count Chocula, Frankenberry, Fruit Brute, Boo Berry. But it's not that. It's like a whole cereal kingdom. So you have General Mills, Captain Crunch. <laughs> uh, what they oh, do with Toucan cool. Sam, he's like really... Yeah, you know, I've he's, seen that. That's, that's yeah. interesting. It, it's, it's really clever. So uh, I highly recommend that. 
if as in the spirit of Halloween uh, for people to read. Put that on the list. The list keeps getting longer, and I keep adding more to it. I mean, I really, should be taking stuff. Off. <laughs> I mean, speaking of uh, connected universes and people mining their IPs, I'm surprised there hasn't been a serial mascot universe yet. Well, give it time. I mean, that's that is the bu- that is the buzzword of the day: cinematic universe. <laughs> everybody loves the cinematic universe. Yeah. Give it time. <laughs> After a while, everybody gets one. So, gentlemen, where else? Uh, this is a fun conversation, as always. But where else can people find you if they want to hear more of you guys? Well, if you haven't had your fill of me here, you can certainly. Uh, stalk me on Twitter or X or whatever the hell they're calling it these days. Uh, my handle is Phil W Movies. Uh, I would also encourage you to follow the show that I do every week, Phil at the Movies. Again, the handle is Phil at the Movies. Everything there is for the love of movies. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Chris 70 You can also follow the other show that I do with my buddy Emmett Davis over at G of the Geeks. And that's what I got. <laughs> Uh, you can follow me at the Sanderson Bro on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's mostly Twitter. tweet, <laughs> mostly tweet political stuff, but lots of movie and comic book stuff as well, which tends to get me in more hot water, despite my political takes. So go figure. <laughs> um, the funny also, if you, <laughs> it's a funny world. <laughs> <laughs> also if i uh, follow my other show at tis the podcast at tis the pod uh tis the podcast linktree.com slash tis the podcast i host it with two other people tom and julia and every week we discuss a new christmas movie or halloween movie if it's the season but uh yeah hear us talk about mary little batman on there in december and uh <laughs> if you didn't like what you heard about mary little batman on this show but still want to so I want someone to just spoil the hell out of it for you. Check out, check that out in December. That'll be fun. Look forward to it. And on that note, on behalf of DC Unlimited, that's all we have for you today. We'll be back real soon. Look for our signal.